The NPR shop features gift items for the public radio fans on your list. T-shirts, totes, hats, mugs, and more are available at shop.npr.org. It's the NPR Politics Podcast, here to talk about Donald Trump and Russia. There were new reports over the weekend, including from NPR's own Mary Louise Kelly, that the CIA concluded before the election that Russian hacking was intended to help Trump win the presidency. I'm Tamara Keith. I cover the White House. I'm Susan Davis. I cover Congress. I'm Ron Elbing, editor, correspondent. And joining us here is NPR national security correspondent Mary Louise Kelly. Thank you Welcome. for being here. Thanks for having me. Welcome. So you've been busy. I am having what could officially be termed a crazy day. (laughs) (laughs) Which started on Friday night. Started Friday night around 11 o'clock when I was sitting at a dinner party. (laughs) Having just come from the CIA Christmas party, at which no one breathed a word about any of this. And I was sitting at a dinner party and somebody across the table held up her phone and said, have you seen this? And the Washington Post had just posted their report uh, about everything we're about to talk about, about the CIA and Russia. And then you confirmed this report yourself. So I did. what do we know about what Russia was doing leading up to the election? And, and what did we learn that's new over the weekend? So let me start with the what's new, because we have been hearing about Russian hacking for months uh, since back this summer. And in October, so two months ago, uh, U.S. intelligence agencies came forward and said, we have a consensus. All of us think Russia tried to interfere with the election. And that was a very strongly worded letter. And an unusual one, three paragraphs, but stating with confidence, we think this is happening and this has happened. What is new now is that the CIA has now concluded with confidence that not only was Russia trying to interfere with the election, but they had a motive, and the motive was they were trying to swing the election to Donald Trump. This is a CIA classified assessment, so we're calling people who have seen it, calling people who, you know, trying to reach the people who wrote it, trying to figure out what exactly they know. And this comes just after last week, the White House announced that it was ordering a full analysis of tampering in our elections dating back actually to 2008 when when China was involved in some hacking of both the Obama and McCain campaigns. So this is not a new thing, but this is a new way of looking at this, I guess. I think the, the key thing here is motive, that, that the CIA thinks they have figured out why Russia was doing this. Now, we'll note early that Donald Trump says this is ridiculous, his exact word. Uh, and we'll note that there are some divisions within the intelligence community that maybe the FBI doesn't quite see it the same way that the CIA does. But that's what's new. That's why we're all talking about it again. Sue, is there any, do you have any insight as to what has given the CIA such confidence that it was specifically meant to help Donald Trump get elected? So that's the million dollar question. Again, it's classified. So you can't see firsthand what it is that that they say they have found. But a U.S. official who I reached says that new information has come to light. They've obviously continued to try to track this. Um, They are looking, obviously, at technical issues. The NSA is involved here looking at trying to figure out what exactly was going on with these cyber intrusions. We don't know if they maybe also have, say, telephone intercepts that might speak to motive. They will point to officials who've seen this evidence will point to, for example, uh, they say that not only were Democrats hacked, but Republicans were hacked. We've heard a lot about the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, being hacked. We heard, uh, you know, one of Hillary Clinton's main advisors, John 
John Podesta that his his emails were hacked. We all figured out what his risotto recipe was over this <laughs> we, course we of this election. We all read those emails over the course and of this election. And he has a good he has a good risotto technique. Um, what is coming to light now is that maybe the RNC Republicans were hacked too. Now again, you venture down this hall of mirrors. The RNC says they weren't hacked, um, but the CIA says that they were, and that information was never leaked. So maybe that leads you to think, okay. Why was the Democratic information leaked and the Republican information was not? When we talk about hacking, um, what specifically are we talking about? I know that there are concerns that that there may have been attempts to get into uh, election systems. But then the White House has said they don't believe that the election was hacked in that way, but rather... Can you... It gets it gets awfully confusing. You're lots absolutely of hacking, right. Lock, lots of emails. So what we are told is there was not interference on election day. There was not interference with the ballot machines, with the actual vote. So in that sense, you know, did, did Donald Trump, whatever the Russians may or may not have done, legitimately win on election day? Yes. What they're talking about is leading up to Election Day. So in the months before, the consensus, and this is all 17 U.S. spy agencies, say that Russian intelligence agencies, such as the FSB, that's military intelligence in Russia, the successor agency to the KGB, the the FSB, that they were crawling around had found portals into democratic institutions and individual people's emails accounts. Yeah. So what we're saying is the like 15 different stories about Hillary Clinton related emails that the the Goldman Sachs speeches that were leaked out by WikiLeaks. This says that was coming from a Russian hack. So I'll quote to you exactly what U.S. spy agencies have said, because they're really using their language carefully because they want to they want to say this is what we're absolutely confident about is that Russian government directed compromises of emails. The Russian government tried to interfere with the U.S. election process and that only Russia's senior most officials could have authorized that. In other words, this wasn't a Russian spy gone rogue or a hacker, uh, you know, a 400-pound hacker sitting on his bed in Moscow, as, as Donald Trump might say. This was This was directed by the senior most levels of the Russian government. How unusual is it for the CIA to be so certain about a conclusion. So this assessment comes with confidence, the word the word that I used. Um, but again, they are looking at its, its gray areas. The CIA's job is to look at all kinds of contradictory information. They will admit they almost never have the full picture and then try to piece together a reasonable conclusion that will allow a policymaker like the president or the president-elect to figure out what do you do to respond to this or not do to respond to this? Do you believe this or not? Now, I mentioned that there's some discrepancies within within the spy world where maybe the FBI sees this a little bit differently. Maybe the FBI is looking at some different evidence, but it wouldn't be weird for them to look at the same evidence and not be so sure about it. The FBI's job is to build a case that will hold up in court. There does seem to be a deliberate effort here on the part of the uh, democratic elements of our political system to seize upon this and question the result of the election, not necessarily because of the actual voting day activity, but because of everything that happened leading up to it. And there also seems to be an attempt being made by a lot of political actors to set the FBI against the CIA and against the rest of the intelligence community. And in fact, while the FBI uh, does have intelligence gathering functions, they are not per se part of the intelligence community when you talk about... Well, they are counted as one of the 17 
hacking agencies, and they do have a big intelligence component, but you're right, they're law enforcement. They are historically, by tradition, by culture, they are cops. They try to build a case that's beyond a reasonable doubt. And you can look at a piece of evidence and say it's maybe persuasive, maybe interesting. Is it, Would it stand up in a court exactly. as being beyond a, beyond a reasonable doubt? Court of law evidence as opposed to an inference that one might draw looking at the effects that were created by what was done. And if you want to talk about the weird shifting alliances in all of this, you know, we've, we, we, you, you, we, we can wade into what's going on on Capitol Hill and investigations in a minute. But even within the CIA, this is this is sparking a lot of, let's put it politely and say conversation, because you have some former heads of the CIA who've come out very strongly saying they don't think Trump is fit for office. They think he is an unwitting agent of the Russian Federation, in the words of one acting head of the CIA. Um, and others saying, no wonder Trump doesn't trust us. We need to pipe down back off all this and and let the briefers who are trying to deliver Trump's daily presidential briefing do their job. Let, why, let why, them find why, a way to work with him. Why do you say trying? Why do you say trying to give him a daily briefing? So Donald Trump has not been receiving the regular daily classified briefing that every other president elect in recent memory has gotten. He has gotten some. They are irregular, we are told. It would not be daily. It would not be daily. Mike Pence, his, his incoming vice president, is getting daily briefings. Some other people are, are getting daily briefings. Trump, in an interview over the weekend, said, I don't need to be briefed every day. I'm a smart guy. If something changes, they can let me know. I want to hear some audio from that interview. In particular, uh, he was asked, this is a Fox News Sunday interview, he was asked by Chris Wallace, uh, the host, about this news about possible Russian interference. Uh, and it's kind of a long clip, but I want to hear the whole thing. It's about a minute and 20 seconds. Let's let's go to it. If you look at the story and you take a look at what they said, uh, there's great confusion. Nobody really knows. And hacking is very interesting. Once they hack, if you don't catch them in the act, you're not going to catch them. They have no idea if it's Russia or China or somebody. It could be somebody sitting in a bed someplace. I mean, they have no idea. So why would the CIA put out the story that the Russians wanted you to Well, I'm not sure they put it out. I think the Democrats are putting it out because they suffered one of the greatest defeats in the history of politics in this country. And frankly, I think they're putting it out. And it's ridiculous. We ought to get back to making America great again, which is what we're going to do. And we've already started the process. You've said repeatedly you don't believe the intelligence community's analysis that the Russians were involved. You but take a look. The they're not sure. They're fighting among themselves. They're not sure. But the question is, these are the folks you're going to have to rely on sure. to know what's going on of in the world. Of course, they've made changes, you know, at the top. I mean, we're going to have different people coming in because we have our people. They have their people. Uh, and I have great respect for them. But if you read the stories, the various stories, there's disputing. I mean, they're disputing and, and certain groups don't necessarily agree. Personally, it could be Russia. It, it, I don't really think it is, but who knows? I don't know either. They don't know and I don't know. Lots to unpack here. I was about to say the exact same thing. Lots to unpack here. And that's, it's absolutely fascinating. Because oh. Trump has seen the classified intelligence. He's not persuaded. It'd be really fascinating to know why. Is there real dispute as to who were the hackers? Because we also heard Donald Trump say that you have to catch them in the act. Do you have to catch them in the act? 
I think the U.S. intelligence agencies say we caught them in the act. Okay. We've put out this definitive. They are they are definitive and unanimous. Okay. All the spy agencies that Russia was hacking. They're, right. they're arguing maybe a little bit about the motive and how firm that evidence but is. But that is not what we just heard the president-elect say. That is not. He did not say there's an argument about the motive. He said there's an argument. They're a little confused. They're disputing with each other. It seems to be a big mess. And I don't think it was Russia. Is there real question about whether or not it was Russia? Not according to U.S. intelligence agencies. Even within the intelligence community. No big dispute over that. There is no question. There Now, is it difficult to find what they call attribution in the cyber world? It's one thing to say, okay, the system was clearly compromised because somebody leaked this email to WikiLeaks. It's another thing to say, can you trace that right to Vladimir Putin in the Kremlin? That's awfully hard to do, even for, say, a cyber espionage agency like the National Security Agency. But is there any doubt that Russia was inside, say, the DNC database? No. But isn't the million-dollar question, what does Russia want? What was Russians' motivation to not only meddle in our election system, but specifically to try and get Donald Trump elected. I think what Russia wants is to reassert itself as a great power on the global stage. That's not me guessing. I mean, Vladimir Putin has been... He says that. He says it repeatedly. We want to be taken seriously. We want to be seen as a player. You can see this in another arena, in Syria. Yeah, uh, Where Russia has been... Its military is all over the place. Um, Now, does Russia really care about the outcome in Syria and what happens to President Assad? That's up for debate. What is not up for debate is they want to be seen as a player that can push around the U.S., and they're doing an awfully good job. If you look at these cyber attacks, if the goal was to be taken seriously and reassert themselves as a player in the U.S. political system, no matter what, no matter where this conversation goes from here, they have succeeded beyond what's got to be their wildest dreams. And they have in Donald Trump a president-elect who has been friendly toward Russia, who has questioned uh, the strength of NATO, who flatter is flattering towards Vladimir Putin. That's hard to say. Flattering Vladimir Putin. (laughs) Who has asked rhetorically on numerous occasions, wouldn't it be nice if we got along with Russia? Wouldn't it be better if we acted together with them in Syria and against ISIS and on a host of other issues around the planet? And, you know, questioned whether or not we really needed to fulfill some of the things that most people seem to regard as our treaty obligations to some of the NATO countries. And who has zero national security experience. So maybe if you are Putin sitting in the Kremlin, you look at all of these things and say, hmm, that might be better than the alternative. We might also mention that the alternative is not an unknown variable. The alternative was Hillary Clinton, and she had been Secretary of State, and she has had numerous differences and run-ins and uh, conflicts with the foreign minister of Russia and uh, also with Vladimir Putin himself. So this was not perhaps what you would consider a difficult choice. Sue, do you anticipate that there will be public pressure, and I don't even know if public pressure applies to the CIA, to release these findings? Because I think unlike so much of what they do, there seems to me an inherent public right to know on this specific equation. So that people can understand what happened and what should be done to keep it from happening again. Absolutely a great point. The the, the pushback, as always in these things, is protecting so-called sources and methods. How do you get information out there and share with the Americans what you know without revealing how you know it? Because if you 
give away how you got this stuff, um, it makes you unable to, to do it, it again, to replicate that. Exactly. And and what about the idea that, as Trump said, that Democrats are behind the CIA assessment or are pushing it out? What I will say is, as we all try to figure out what, what exactly this assessment was and how solid it is and how confident the CIA is in it, all you can do is call around the people who have been briefed on this. And I will tell you that Democrats are a lot more eager to return your call. <laughs> and uh, like anything else, you ask eight people to describe something that they were briefed on, you're going to get slightly differing accounts. Everybody everybody has a, has a motive in this. I will say, you know, from Republicans and Democrats, we're now hearing, please, Let's try to make this as unpartisan as you possibly can to make anything unpartisan on Capitol Hill. Can these you days. imagine, though, how difficult it is to make something nonpartisan and nonpolitical when you're talking about somebody being accused of putting a big, heavy thumb on the scale in a very close American election for president? It's impossible. On the other hand, the CIA, for example, is supposed to not be a political institution. They're supposed to operate above the fray. The intelligence committees are select committees. They are supposed to not operate with quite the same partisan tensions as the rest of the committees on the Hill do. Does that always work out that way? Of course not. And you can understand how a president-elect Trump could feel threatened by this. Uh, I, I mean, this comes after Jill Stein pushed for recounts in several states, the ones that he won that really decided the election. This comes, you know, as the tally of the popular vote that Hillary Clinton actually won just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you have this assessment that comes out that says, well, the CIA thinks that Russia wanted Trump to win. You also wonder, though, whether Donald Trump could look at it in a different way and, and welcome this. If he, as he says, he says there's no evidence for this. Fine. Fine. Investigate it. Prove it and legitimize in the eyes of all Americans that he won fair and square and Russia had nothing to do with this. He, he may come around to that. He may come around to that. I have no idea whether he will or not. But in the interim, the battering that they're getting in terms of the interviews with all of Trump's people and also things such as the Democrats in a number of states saying, we'd like to be briefed on what the CIA knows or we'd like the electors who are going to the state capitol to vote on December 19th. And that is the day of the Electoral College's one and only meeting in this cycle. And they are going to meet and they're going to choose Donald Trump as president. I don't think there's any doubt of that. But if you are a Democrat and you are possessed of the hope that somehow the electors would reach some other kind of conclusion on December 19th, you think, well, maybe if the CIA gave him a briefing, they would get freaked out and think we can't really let this guy be president. We can't elect him as president and fulfill the uh, the wishes of the Kremlin. You know who said I would love to get inside today? Mike Pompeo. This is oh, Trump's pick yes. for CIA Great director. Question. And you want to talk about somebody who is going to have a really difficult few weeks and months and years ahead if confirmed. This is a guy who's preparing to run an agency which is now openly feuding with the president he's about to go work for. His boss. Yeah, let me read this statement that the transition team put out as this story was popping. Uh, here's Here it is, quote, these are the same people who said that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. It goes on from there, but... To say the election's over and we should all move on. Right. Uh, openly dismissive of the CIA. And, and he has a point. The CIA got it utterly completely wrong on Iraq on whether Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. They will push back and say, we know we got it wrong. We fixed a lot of things. This is different. 
And now Congress is getting involved, too. There won't just be this review that the White House has asked the intelligence community to do. But also yesterday there was a letter from both parties, uh, four senators, uh, saying that they uh, wanted to look into this. Uh, Sue, catch us up. So uh, this is led by John McCain, who is the chairman of the Armed Services Committee, and on board with Chuck Schumer, who is the incoming Democratic minority leader, and Jack Reed of Rhode Island and Lindsey Graham, uh, both on armed services and, and hawks on Russia all around. And they came out and said yesterday that they would start initiating investigations on Russia through the Armed Services Committee. And today, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and House Speaker Paul Ryan both came out and endorsed these investigations. Uh, McCain has been very definitive in saying that there is zero doubt that Russians hacked the elections. The question is, what was the motive, as we discussed earlier, and how deep did it go? I do think we have to make very clear that none of the Republicans or Democrats on Capitol Hill have suggested that election systems were hacked, that vote tallies were hacked, or that the outcome of this election should be in doubt. But there are a huge amount of questions as to how deep this went. And I think at this stage, a tremendous need of the public right to know. And John McCain and... Lindsey Graham, I think, have a lot of credibility in this area in that they're Russia critics, to put it mildly, and they've been Trump critics. So I don't think that the Republicans that are in charge of this investigation are going to be seen as sort of complicit or not willing to go where they need to go. And the fact that they put out this statement with Chuck Schumer and not Mitch McConnell was very interesting. And and that kind of thing you do when you're trying to send a message to build public confidence in the investigation that you're doing. And a Democratic leader, Chuck Schumer. And a very political figure, Chuck Schumer. So the fact that they're joining forces, I think they are trying to send a message to the public to say this will be bipartisan and you should you should have confidence in this investigation. And, and, and also the other Democrat on this was Jack Reed, who is a West Point graduate, a highly decorated Vietnam War veteran in the Army. And uh, somebody who is not seen as a partisan type. No. He's someone who is seen as a very dutiful ranking member in the minority on the Armed Services Committee doing yeoman's work. So he lends a certain kind of integrity, a certain kind of authority. And sure, you're going to have Chuck Schumer on there to have the Democratic leader. And maybe it would have been a nice thing to have Mitch McConnell. But he did not come out and try to quash the thing either. No, let's hear the the tape of him today. He, ha- he had a press conference and he came out right away and delivered a statement on, on this investigation idea. I agree with Senator Schumer, Chairman McCain, Burr and others. This simply cannot be a partisan issue. Let me remind all of you that the Senate Intelligence Committee, on which I and the chairman of the Armed Services Committee sit as ex officio members, is more than capable of conducting a complete review of this matter. And all of this makes even more complicated another story that that popped over the weekend, and that is that Trump is reportedly planning to pick or or leaning toward picking ExxonMobil CEO Rex Tillerson to be Secretary of State. Tillerson is 64. He's worked at Exxon basically his entire professional life since 1975. As CEO, he's worked with countries all over the world, managing huge projects, working with foreign governments, uh, which you can argue is something that the Secretary of State absolutely has to do. But also one of the countries that he has a lot of business with is Russia. And Vladimir Putin awarded him the Order of Friendship in 2013. That's the highest award for a non-Russian. And there is currently a multi-billion dollar agreement between Exxon and Russia to drill for oil in a Russia-controlled portion of the Arctic Ocean. 
But that agreement is now on hold because of U.S. sanctions that have been in place against Russia since Russia took control of Crimea in 2014. Um, and those are sanctions that a Trump administration could certainly lift. And Rex Tillerson, as uh, the CEO of Exxon, has said don't work. He is not a fan of sanctions, he says. Now, under his current employee, that would be precisely what you would expect him to say and what his board directors would expect him to say and his shareholders would expect him to say. Is it what he thinks? Does he believe that sanctions are bad for relationships even with adversarial countries that are doing things like annexing Crimea and uh, going into the eastern regions of Ukraine and being involved in, if you believe, certain international investigations? Uh, and a Malaysian airliner was shot down over Ukraine and a lot of fingers were pointed in the direction of Moscow with regard to that. So all of this, these were bad things that happened. In the very recent past, these sanctions didn't come out of some sort of uh, idle adversarial attitude or bad feelings about the Olympics. There has been a great deal of evidence persuasive to our government, bipartisan basis in the Senate and in the White House and in the intelligence community, that the bad actors were very closely tied to Moscow. Can I just circle back to, you mentioned the Arctic and Exxon yeah. and Russia and this deal that is on ice, pardon the pun, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> I couldn't ice. help myself. I'm going to throw my oar in here and say, if you want to look at where U.S.-Russia relations could get really fascinating during the Trump administration, look to the Arctic. I had the chance to go there and report from there this summer. There is so much construction. There is so much competition for those resources. It is going to be fascinating to watch. And wow, Rex Tillerson as a potential secretary of state, that is going to keep us all busy nonstop. And whoever uh, we believe it's to be him, but obviously Donald Trump could change his mind in the meantime. But following up on all this news, whoever the nominee is, the Russian hack is going to be a major focal point of the secretary of state confirmation hearings. And I thought it was very telling yesterday. Marco Rubio, who is a member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, tweeted Being a, quote, friend of Vladimir is not an attribute I am hoping for from a secretary of state, which to me was sort of a warning flare to, you know, to the public and to the Trump incoming Trump administration that Rex Tillerson might have a tough time getting through Capitol Hill. You know, as as badly as the, the Democrats were disappointed in November, they do have 48 seats in the Senate, counting the independents who are no friends of the Trump administration. So they only need three more. And we've, we've mentioned the names of a couple of Republicans here, and Lindsey Graham usually uh, goes along with John McCain. I think there might be some others as well. So there are some troubled nominations here, and it all relates back to the Russian connection. I, and I think we can leave the conversation right there. We were planning on recording an episode of Listener Mail here today. We will try to do that soon. Um, write us with your questions or comments at nprpolitics at npr.org. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like the show. That helps new listeners find us. And support the podcast by supporting your local public radio station. Go to npr.org stations to find yours and donate and tell them we sent you. Okay, I'm Tamara Keith. I cover the White House. I'm Susan Davis. I cover Congress. I'm Ron Elving, editor correspondent. I'm Mary Louise Kelly. I cover national security. Thanks for listening to the NPR Politics Podcast.